When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome in Judd's Hockey Show, uh, a one-timer impromptu edition. We ordinarily do this on Friday, but it's Olga and Declan Goff because... Well, just because last night, which would have been Tuesday night, is that correct? That is correct. Okay. The Wild lose 7-3 to three in the house that Sidney Crosby built to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh's a good team. The Wild is a struggling team. But, Declan, let's start off with the, um, with the issue before the game, and I mean right before a faceoff, where, in fact, you told me in the morning on Tuesday that uh, Ryan Donato was going to be scratched. And so... I'm driving home before the game, and I'm listening, and they're like, the on-ice officials are at the wild bench talking to Boudreaux, and now Greg Patterson is going up the tunnel, and he can't play. Bruce, poor Bruce, got the lineup card wrong. So Patterson was listed, was not on the card. Donato, who was, I think, had just eaten a cheeseburger and was yep. on the exercise bike, was on the card. Long story short, wild start the night with five defensemen instead of six because of a lineup card error from the coach. Yeah, big snafu there for Mr. Bruce Boudreaux. And look, I've given Boudreaux the benefit of the doubt a lot this season, but this one's a little bit inexcusable. And, and yeah, he I ate don't it. Disagree. He ate it. Yeah, he, well, he, he, totally he understood did. that I, he made a crucial mistake. And I guess what I've learned, too, is um, seeing some tweets about it afterwards is that this actually happens a lot more, but typically for the home arena, they'll kind of like secretly work with, like, hey, well, if this was at the X, your card screwed would, up. Your card screwed up. Like yeah. you know, you gotta you gotta fix it. Yep. And instead, because you're on the road, well, you're not. They're not going to tell the opposing team what's going on there. So th- that was it. Was a big, big mess up, and then a catastrophic, horrible game in Pittsburgh. And poor Ryan Donato. I mean, eating the burger. That that's my worst nightmare. Is, is waking up he after. Played- Seven shifts and didn't get because he was an extra forward. He didn't get into the end of the second period, Correct. right? Like two fifty three. And it probably wouldn't have been as big of a deal if you had six D line, six blue liners, sure, and one short forward. I don't think it would have been as big of a deal. But right. when you're you're down a defenseman against a high scoring team like Pittsburgh, yeah, buckle up, baby. But we can't allow Bruce's mistake to cover up for how bad the team actually looked too, uh, because that to me w- was the key. Pittsburgh scored at least two goals that. And I tweeted this after the first goal that was like this, and I think it was the second goal of the game by them, I think. It looked like the Globetrotters playing the Washington Generals. Oh, yeah, it's good enough. The announce. Wild looked like the, the 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 like they were paid to look bad. Yeah. Pittsburgh was tic-tac-toeing passes, and it's like, are they going to score? Oh, absolutely, they're going to score. So Bruce screwed up. Bruce owned it. Good for Bruce. It shouldn't happen. Blah, blah, blah. But nonetheless... 
the headline really was, in a lot of ways, Wild looks pathetic. And Pittsburgh's good. They ain't that good. Uh, it did interest me that they uh, that Pittsburgh scored seven goals and Dumnik ate the entire thing. They didn't bring in Staylock. But I, I believe it was Marcus Foligno postgame who called it the low point. It might be. I don't know. I don't know what the low point is. But I think we are finding out that this too often, at least, is just them. It's going to be them. Hockey, I don't know what else to and a little, you know, it's hockey can be a random sport, of course. But for right now, with where the Wild were, and I think some of us, including myself, um, got teased and bit by the apple when they went on a run in November, from November first to January first, where they looked very good, scoring a lot of goals, young players stepping up, and veterans supplementing that, and then everything came crashing down to earth. I, I kind of figured that, yeah, there would be regression. Sure, there'd be regression to the mean, but I did not think it would be this bad. I didn't think they'd look so bad like they were in the first 10 games of the season. And once again, we're now riding that roller coaster wave down to where they were in the first month where they were one of the worst teams in hockey. And, and once again, they're just falling backwards in, in the playoff race. Tell me about what, what you found this morning in doing your research for the one-timer. Trade rumors and speculation, because on our show that we taped on Tuesday, we talked about the potential of Jonas Brodin being traded and the fact that he would be a potentially really good trade chip in a trade with, let's say, Toronto or the Winnipeg Jets. But you told me that Brodin and Moore is being brought up in uh, the last 48 hours. Yeah, a couple notes here, uh, starting with uh, Sportsnet. And uh, I believe this was Roy Boylan of, of Sportsnet. He had a note on Jason Zucker, who was nearly traded, obviously, to Calgary and Pittsburgh in the, just the last 365 days. Uh, he noted that, Zucker is again a candidate to be moved and possibly even to the Pittsburgh Penguins, still as they deal with the loss of Jake Gensel, who, who was injured. Uh, Zucker, who has 12 goals and 24 points, his scoring pace is rivaling his career best. His shooting percentage is through the roof. We've talked about this before. This is not sustainable from Jason Zucker, and someone's going to also, again, bite the apple and, and get a little bit uh, uh, screwed here. Yep. Zucker has another three years left in his contract. He does have a partial no-trade limit. So that was the first note. And then following up on that, Michael Russo of The Athletic also noted that there is significant interest from the Penguins in Jason Zucker. Um, and he also noted in his story, it was interesting that Chris Keller, uh, the Wilds director of pro scouting, suddenly showed up Tuesday night to sit at the right hand of Bill Guerin. So that's Zucker. That's All the right. latest on Jason Zucker. Okay. Your thoughts there, because on Judd's Hockey Show on Tuesday, you said that you would not trade Zucker until July um, and I agreed with you, but if you can get a haul for him right now, I'll trade him. I, I thought what you were saying was that they probably couldn't maximize his value at the deadline or, or as that approaches. And if you can't, I'm not going to just give him away. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about Pittsburgh coming to you and saying, hey, I will give you something nice. I'm certainly going to listen and I'm not I'm not going to trade him because I don't want to trade him. I do. I just want it to be the right deal that maximizes that value and the one point that you brought up that i really like is if the shooting percentage is off the charts and teams bite on that god bless them let them bite exactly and yeah i i just think you can get more you can still get more in the summer maybe i'm wrong maybe teams are still looking at him saying all right he's healthy he's back we we know he was the player he was in the first three months of the season and we were interested we want that speed we want that player right if if they want to give a haul go for it i i just think that as the season progresses on that you'd probably get more for him on July 1st or on draft day i should say than than you would uh, by by the deadline um uh, may, maybe i'm wrong people are lining up for him again including pittsburgh that wouldn't shock me at all pittsburgh they lost gensel uh galchenyuk's not playing very well it makes some sense 
So I, I could see like. Pittsburgh. And if that's what they want to give up, I, I'm interested. I'm totally interested in that. All right, trade rumor number two involving the Minnesota Wild. And this one uh, is a guy who we touched on on our last podcast we did earlier this week as well on Jonas Brodeen. Um, and this is also again from Marcus Polino, one team that is very interested in Brodeen. Sources say is the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. A very fast team that has a lot of offense that also could use a little blue line help. I like this. The Hurricanes have 17, 17 draft picks in the next two years, Whoa. including two first-rounders this June alone. So they have a surplus of first-round picks. I, I'm not sure which ones those are. Obviously, one of them will probably be a bottom 10 because they probably project to be one of the better teams by the end of the season. Sure. Uh, so but They have somebody else's first-round draft. They have Toronto's first-round pick. So if the season ended today, they would have the 21st and 23rd overall pick. So, But but here's the nice thing. If I'm Bill Guerin, I'm pitting the Jets, the Maple Leafs, and now the Hurricanes mm-hmm. against each other in my phone calls. Correct. Correct. Because this is a valuable defenseman. Mm-hmm. Like this is, I'm telling you, if I can get Brodeen for a playoff, I'm so happy if I'm those teams. So that's perfect. The more teams that need help on the blue line, the better. Exactly. I love this. Brother Liam called me uh, last night during the wild game and said Carolina he, Hurricane. Uh, Raleigh Native. Yeah, okay. yeah Raleigh Native. Down fan or no? He doesn't mind them. I think he actually, he doesn't mind the team. He hates the fan base, I think is what okay. it is. All right. He doesn't mind the team. He hates so, the fan base. Brother Liam said what? He believes that Jonas Brodeen is not as all cracked up as it to be from from a, a league-wide. He doesn't think he's as valuable as people think he is. And from what everything we've talked to, we talked to Louie. We've also, I've had my sources. We just brought this up last podcast. Yeah, we only talked about I, 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 I have the scoops here. I have some scoops. And teams are definitely interested in Jonas Brodeen. And it's not, uh, my point is with trading Brodeen, it's not even the haul you're getting back. You're not going to be able to afford his next contract. Sure. And I don't want to go in to this time next year as him as a rental because then his value is going to be even lower in my opinion. I think the fan, I think the outside fan perception of Brodeen is not extremely high because he's not a sexy player. I think the in-league perception of executives is very high because he does a lot of things that a lot of guys don't do. Yes. So I would say that if I'm a team, I'd love him. Now, is he going to go to Toronto or Winnipeg or Carolina and score a ton of goals or get a ton of assists? Absolutely not. But is he going to give you a steadying influence on your second or third pair if you're a really good team? Yes, he is. Mm Mm-hmm. So Carolina, bring them on. Yeah, I, I would that one. I, I would be very intrigued by that. So basically, if Carolina has two draft picks, they would. It's obviously their own pick that they have to control, and they have Toronto's pick. I believe that was from the Marlowe deal when they basically Toronto gave up their first round pick so they could buy him out. Capitally. So wherever Toronto finishes, that will be Carolina's second first round pick. Okay. And they probably they'll very likely probably be very close to one another. And name three. You, you Marcus Foligno. Marcus Foligno. This is this is intriguing too. This is interesting. Because Felino's obviously having a career season, and yes, his value probably is never going to be higher. But do you, uh, what, what what do you really get back for him? That's I think great, is what I'm I think, more curious about. I'm Brod- totally with Brodine and Zucker, and even Stahl. You can get something back, right? I I mean, yes, Felino probably is is he's maximizes value. But I don't look at it from, again, kind of to use my brother's example, I don't think people are looking at him like, oh, God, I'm going to give a haul up for him. They probably look at him like a nice player, and he can, compliment, he can be complimentary. Yes. But there, there isn't a haul that's around with Mike Rispolino. He's given you now, for the most part, the past two years, really, really solid play. And he's gotten hot. I mean, he's been hot of late. That's going to go away. He's going to cool off. But he gives you a, a leader. He gives you a really, really nice third or fourth line left wing. Um but I'm if you're saying, you know, if you're going to give me a draft pick, like a third round pick, I ain't going to do that deal. I'm with you. I, I 
would, unless somebody shocked me, shocked me with an offer, I'm not looking to trade him because I think he's a really good core type of guy for the long term, possibly. Correct. And he's not a guy that I, he's just, he's so good in the room and, and he does a lot of things. And I think you're right. I think someone's going to say, we'll give you a third round pick. And I'm going to say no. Yeah, I don't want that. I'd so rather anyway, just ride that out. So those are the three, th- yeah, three names. And, and hey, this is what happens when, you know, you're, when you start to, when you start to down, go on a downward spiral in January, which is swoon season for the wild, by the way, this is like, what's the year six and a six consecutive year where absolutely. the wild are, are just absolutely hitting the skids here. In January, so that's what happens. It, it happens all the time. Last thing. I believe it was two seasons ago, Declan Goff, when we went through an entire NHL season with zero coaches being fired. Zero. I don't get this one. I don't know if this, this one, is the most puzzling one. I don't know if this one's considered shocking. I was really, I at first I was like, you told me, I was like, what? Gerard Gallant today fired by the Vegas Golden Knights who are who are technically tied in points for the last playoff spot in the Western Conference. They're barely out of the top three. They are technically now, because of games in hand, a couple, or they are technically not in a playoff spot now, but that's going to change a thousand times. Gerard Gallant, long story short, has been fired, and by my count, that is now seven coaches out. Now, here's the incredible thing. And by the way, seven coaches out during this season, during since opening night. John Hines, who was fired by the Devils, and I believe it was last week, replaced Peter Laviolette as the Nashville coach. Peter DeBoer, who was fired earlier this season by the Sharks, has now been hired as the Golden Knights coach. Seven of them. I don't even know where to start. This is crazy. And two guys who have now been fired and gotten jobs almost immediately. This this one just puzzles me the and most. Gerard Gallant, my guess, gets a job somewhere before this year's done. He could, and it wouldn't be shocking at all if he gets the Seattle job. He's going to have both expansion teams. It wouldn't wouldn't be surprising at all. I think that this one's the most surprising. And, he, and look, Gallant is not deserving to be fired. I think Vegas really effed this up. Um, I know that uh, Vegas is on a little bit of a slide, but their offense is still legit. Their goaltending is still very good. They've underperformed to a degree. I'll give you that. Well, they have, yes. But they're still well in the race to get the Pacific. They could still take the Pacific by all means. They can. They're not out of the Pacific. They've they're, been not, un- they're not out of a no, one or right. two seed in the West. You're right. And it, it's so hockey to be like, all right, well, here we go. And I'm sure with and Peter DeBoer. Are you going to replace with Peter DeBoer? But is this because you see Nashville like start to play a little bit better? Yeah, I, I, it's a league thing. I don't. I, what it, are you doing? I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, to be honest, Vegas is my team to win the cup. Seven. I still think they can win the cup. A move like this, I, I kind of hope you now fail. I don't even want you to make the playoffs anymore. Okay, so what makes sense so far? Toronto made sense. That was a good change. Yes, Babcock clearly was a bad guy. Bad dude. They go to a younger coach. He has done a very nice job. The Calgary one. Bill Peters went sideways again. Bad. Yep. bad guy replaced. Totally makes sense. Jim Montgomery personal problems in Dallas, so that was not a that was not yeah. performance. He got, but he gets let go. So you do have some coaching moves made because of personality and or background issues. But yeah, this one Gerard Gallant really, and and again Peter DeBoer, who now is on what is this his third time around? Because yeah. I think he he was New Jersey, he was San Jose, now he's you couldn't get it done with the Sharks, man. He's not. I don't. He's stepping into a very good situation, and I'm. Sh- and that's the problem. That's what I'm going to hate is they're going to go on a run, and it's all oh, it's all DeBoer. DeBoer came in and changed the locker room. Like BS, man. That 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 is so whack to me. I can't stand it. Are we done? Very frustrating. I think so. I, I, or I'm going to I'm going to break something. I don't want I don't want. Don't that break to anything. Don't break our equipment. Okay. Not going to break it's your equipment. Very expensive. Um, 
Wild have a couple games coming up here. So uh, against Tampa, what, 11 to 12 at home now. 11 to 12 at home, including seven consecutive, right? Yes, I believe that starting, is correct. Starting uh, Thursday against Tampa, and then they have Dallas on what should be a snowy Saturday night. So it should be perfect for them to get our hopes back up in these 11 to 12, right? Judd's Hockey Show is done. Fast shoot score.